What's up, David? How you doing today, brother? Good, John. How you doing, man? I'm doing great, man. You know, just chilling. Uh, got a good workout in today, and it's yeah. hard to work out with the fucking mask on, man. I'm not going to lie. Like, you have, like, the adrenaline when you're doing it, and then next thing you know, like, when you come home, it's like you feel the effects of it. I don't know how that's really good for someone, but at least I'm trying, brother. What about you? How was your day today? You know what? It was cool. I mean, I just got off work, so, you know, it's been kind of chill coming home, did a lot of cooking today. Um uh, it's funny you were mentioning workout mask. I actually have two. I have one of those that uh, really restricts your breathing, <laughs> which I tried one time uh, during this whole pandemic thing, and everybody thought I had COVID afterwards. And I was like, no, no, that, that's just HIIT with one of these uh, repressors. And then Under Armour has this one mask that's like 20 bucks that does really, really well, you know, but it, it, it's funny? just how that yeah. works too. Like everyone thinks you automatically have COVID if you sneeze or cough and people that actually had COVID, like if you cough, like I'm a cigarette smoker. So if I cough, like one of my homies who had COVID, he's like, Oh bro, are you good? I'm like, I just fucking coughed, bro. That's all it is. Like, <laughs> <laughs> So you just kind of, you know, you're just kind of dealing with whatever it is. Can you hear me? Okay. This is my first time trying this with a, with a set of headphones. that's not connected Bluetooth. Yeah. I can hear you greatly. Here's what's all up, right. dude. It's like every single time I do shows, it's always a different, like, kind of approach and format. Like, right. I have a beautiful microphone that I can't even use right now with Zoom because for whatever reason, Zoom decided that it doesn't like my microphone anymore. And really? all the settings are exactly the same as it was, but there was, like, an update, and I, I try to get all proper, and I have guests on. I got headphones going. I look all legit. And then I, I start the show, and then the more people I bring on, sometimes I have, like, multiple guests – on at once and the next thing i know they can't hear me i can't hear them i'm just like fuck this i rip my headphones off i throw the microphone to the side and i'm just like <laughs> going raw dog on that shit bro. <laughs> yeah no definitely um all right where are we covering all right i want to cover a lot of stuff first of all let's talk about uh back to the classics which is a that's right that you have that's um, right how long have you guys been going on with that? And uh, what was the inception of that, if you don't mind me asking? All right. So we're under this umbrella, a podcast called uh, We're, we're uh, Beat Network. We're a black-owned podcast uh, out here in Las Vegas. Um, I'm the token white guy of the group. That's why, that's why I always say I'm also the CFO. And um, a, lot of, a lot of it came from the idea of my co-host's brother. Uh, his name is Los or Carlos. And uh, he kind of came up with this concept of wanting to really, uh, you know, he's got like a master's degree and all this uh, digital marketing stuff, you know, uh, from Ohio and all that. And he wanted this whole idea of just kind of bringing podcasts and entertainment and uh, videos out here to uh, Vegas. Since normally when this all got started, this was this was like five years ago. So I came on. Uh, uh, I came on probably about three and a half, maybe almost four years now. Um, yeah, it's uh, yeah about about that time. And and what it was was my co-host. He and I knew each other from high school, and we were both in acting together during that time. And you know, he like he appeared in a couple of movies uh, out in L.A. So it was kind of cool. And so that's how that's how everybody knows Jay. Me, I'm known as a movie expert. And uh, I, I don't know, I don't know how I feel about that. But we just kind of started doing this whole thing. And the whole concept of our show is we talk about movies from 20 years ago, 
uh, specifically to the date. We also throw it back to even further to make sure that, you know, we're covering, you know, because obviously it's not the 80s. So we're going to cover like the 80s and we're going to cover, you know, we'll do like specialized theme months. So, for example, this past February was black owned uh, or was uh, was Black History Month. So what we'd like to do is we do what's called an artist showcase. So we'll take um, we'll take a guy, we'll, we'll, we'll figure out an actor and we'll say, all right, we're going to go ahead and cover like a whole host of his movies. Because in the black culture, Chadwick Boseman in this case had passed away. And because we basically wouldn't be able to cover any of his work for another like 10 years, we were like, forget it. We're going to do this, you know, because he played like three different forms of biopics. Actually, really, it was like five, you know, and then we wanted to do Black Panther and, you know, kind of turn into this whole huge thing. So we got that. Uh, under Beat Network, we also have like a black owned business uh, 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 podcast that's specifically from uh, uh, from the female standpoint. Uh, that's hosted by Reach to Gym. We also kind of have kind of a generic hip. I, I can't really call it like a hip hop show because it's kind of encompassing everything that's kind of happening in culture there. Uh, that's uh, that's hosted by uh, Los and his partner, Hollywood Kev. I then brought on, you and I, we both know Selena uh, from, you know, we, we met the other night and we both know Selena. I knew Selena when she worked with me over at the Cosmopolitan. So I brought her in and her co-host Duvall and they do a, a, a different form of, of, of our show called Cinema Rehab where they kind of, it's more like a variety thing. They'll talk remake versus classic or they'll give like bad movie reviews or you know they'll they'll do a whole bunch of things and that's really kind of been very exciting we've been doing a lot of that um we also do like specialized events we just announced today that we're bringing back foh which means fuck out of here uh it's basically take your most unpopular opinion based on like movies food music whatever bring it on and just say say the opinion and you know, stand for uh, stand for what you uh, uh, for what uh, for what you believe. The crowd may not like it, and the crowd may vote you out because it's it's a game show in that case. But man, it's awesome. We'll we'll do a Facebook Live for that, and we'll we'll have a good old time there. Uh, we've also covered live events um, for myself, Comic Con. We've done Las Vegas Con uh, out here. We've uh, Right before COVID hit, we were invited to join the National Association of Broadcasters, and then COVID hit, and I'm like, okay, so now it'll it's all back like back around, to the drawing board. Man. It'll uh, come it, back around. You're doing a lot of things, especially with a variety show. Uh, it'll come back around. I mean, you know, it wasn't meant to be at that time, and, and believe me, I dealt with it. I had a lot of opportunities to do a lot of things before COVID hit. And we roll with the punches, man. Like, you know, you and I are both fight fans. We like boxing. Right. We'll cover oh, that yeah. a little bit later. But a variety show is good. It's like, you know, where life takes you is, is a very funny journey. Like, for me, I started out with podcasting and, and doing uh, radio shows for boxing and journalism. And then next thing I know, I'm interviewing actors and stuntmen and musicians and all these different type of people. And you're picking their brains and it just expands out and... um there's a lot of things that we could get positive from pandemic, you know, right. um, maybe people that we would connect with at a later point in time, but it's happening a lot sooner, but it, that's great what you guys are doing there. And Selena's an awesome, awesome person. And I yes, can't wait is. to listen to some of those shows. And, you know, you were talking about movies from yesteryear, eighties and nineties are my favorites, bro. In particular, oh, martial absolutely. arts. Absolutely. And it's funny because uh, one of your guests, Eric Roberts, 
you know, I'm such a huge fan of all of, of all of his work. And it's because like he was uh, to kind of talk on him a little bit. Um, he really started out as like kind of this up and coming actor, you know, because it came from, you know, obviously he's, he's the older brother of Julia Roberts. Um, but that, it, but that family unit was like one of these things I was like, it, they were going to be the family of the eighties basically. And with him, I, uh, I obviously best of the best. Everybody remembers. I know, I know other people are going to think about, you know, dark Knight as his turn as, as, a uh, as the mob boss, but Best of the best what was it for me? Um, he was a nominee for an Academy Award from it, I, Runaway I Train. Yeah, yeah Runaway for Train. Runaway Train. Here's the cool thing about Runaway Train. Runaway Train would bring in like two other guys that were huge. One of them just passed away, but they were yeah. huge uh, for like the '80s and '90s. Uh, uh, Tony Lister for though for uh, those who uh, don't know who he is, just watch Friday and you'll know exactly who he is. Debo, bro. <laughs> Debo, Debo. And then, of course, Danny Trejo. That was his first ever role as well. Wow. And I mean, tre I mean, Trejo. I think he had just gotten out of prison, like right, like right when that happened. So, yeah, man, like, like, like you're you're up and coming too. Like, like your 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 connections are so strong right now, and that's only going to make you guys grow pretty greatly. Yeah, this we're, we're just trying. We're trying our best. I mean, I had Eric on the show twice, and it's funny. He always comes up in conversation. And he's become a great friend. Uh, the best of the best one and two are my favorite martial arts movies ever. They're amazing. I just watched part two again for like the millionth time the other night. Brackus is such a bad villain. And the storyline <laughs> is so good. It's so juicy. Because what happened was, I'm going to tell you the story. I went out with my martial arts academy at that time that I was studying at. And we all were fans of the best of the best part one. So, you know, we go to see part two and we see it has an R rating. So maybe, maybe boobies come out or whatever. So we all go out and watch this film. First thing it's you super see bloody. <laughs> is pretty much Chris Penn gets killed. Yeah. You know, Travis Brinkley, great, great character. And your heart's broken. Like, this is a dark fucking movie. This is going <laughs> in a complete different direction. It's like and the Mortal Kombat annihilation of movies. It's like, oh no! Like, why is all my favorite people like dying? Exactly. And then the fight choreography was so good, and the storytelling mm. was so good, you know. And uh, you know, Eric Roberts' uh, honorable mention films. I mean, he has uh, screen credit of over six hundred films. Yeah, he is one of the few. There's, there's only, there's only a handful of them um, that has even passed five hundred. And uh, I mean, you could still catch him in everything now. Like, you know, he, he does a lot more B movies now. I know he talked about that uh, a few years back where he was like, I'm just not getting the roles I wanted. The minute I said I was open to B roles, it was like, it was like I was getting role after role after role. And really, I mean, I mean, that's what it is. I mean, I mean, you, you're going to get the roles whether you ask for it or not. You know, everybody kind of goes through that turn, but it's like every, it's hard not to like Mr. Roberts. Like, like he's just an awesome, 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 awesome dude. He's such a good, down-to-earth guy. I'm going to ask you for his contact because I want him on my show because I totally want to bring him on. He's such a great guy. His wife, Eliza, you know, everything that they got going on. His stepson, Keaton Simons, amazing musician. And it's funny because I keep wanting to bring Eric back because I love his energy. And mm -hmm. plus, it's like you can't cover everything in one show because no. he's done so much. Pope of Greenwich Village. One of the best movies, in my opinion, of all time, mm -hmm. Star 80. You know, he's done so much work. 
And it's been so great that, you know, um, the expendables, uh, the specialist, final analysis, the list goes on and on. Speaking about movies, what I've been doing to pass my time is going back to the 80s and 90s. There I'm you watching go. Steven Seagal movies. I'm watching Van Damme movies. There you go. Uh, what about what about you? What have you been doing to pass your time, brother? So uh, obviously we we watch a movie a week, and it's it's funny because I'm finally taking a vacation. Um, for a little bit of a history on on our show, uh, Jay, my co-host, he had a lot of health issues till finally this past, and knock on wood, hopefully this past December when he finally had to get uh, um, he had to finally get quintuple bypass surgery. Um, yeah, no, it, it was. It was brutal. So there would be times where, for the most part, I was kind of carrying on the show, and I'd bring on, like, a guest. I'd just be like, hey, no, you you come on. You want to come on? Like, we'll record Monday. Here's the movie that we're doing. It's like, hey, what are you doing, like, next week? They're like, yeah, man, I would love to be part of a podcast. And I'm like, yeah, okay, like, hop on. Um, so I'm finally on, like, a vacation until uh, – basically until the end of this month, which is kind of hilarious because I'm not really treating it as a vacation, like – like, I keep talking to to Los and everybody else, and they're like, aren't you on vacation? And I'm like, shut up. Like, I know. I know I'm on vacation. Like, I know I am, but you're messing up the group. <laughs> um, no, happens. but for the most part, you know, I I, I do watch a lot of movies. Uh, I'm into – I'm definitely into cooking a lot. Um, usually, usually, now, uh, usually now I eat very anabolic. You know, just to kind of get very filled up. So I'll, I have this really kick-ass French toast recipe that I love. Um, that a lot of bodybuilders use. I have a, you know, today today I made like I, I basically concocted like a parfait that was really on accident. Um, that wasn't supposed to happen, but um, so I do a lot of cooking. I when I'm not watching sports because yes, I'm a huge boxing fan. Um, I'm also a huge. Uh, I did watch this past UFC. I kind of guessed with with John when he was kind of basically when he was kind of landing the shots he was in the first round. I was like, okay, well, we know what's going to happen with this one. Um, you know, I, I watched a little bit of UFC uh, this past weekend. I'm a huge Golden Knights fan. They're down one no one nil right now, so there's that. I mean, I'm I like to have I like to have a hand in just about everything. You know, that's the way to do it, man. And I tell you what, the past UFC this weekend was excellent. They've been excellent. And, and my point to everyone is that they are the pioneers of sports getting back on track. Unfortunately, they, they were the guinea pigs and everyone was like questioning Dana White and saying, like, I don't know about this. I don't know if you should be going out there. And they did it. And then guess what? Next thing you know, every sports franchise, baseball, football, basketball, oh, yeah. hockey, everyone started coming back. You know, which is what we need to get the world going. We have a great fight in the UFC coming up. Francis Naganu and Stipe That's going to be, That's That's gonna gonna be, be a fucking. It's not. It's not going to go all the rounds. It's gonna. It's gonna no, be one or no. two rounds. You know. Yeah. So so just yeah. get ready because it's it's gonna be lights out. It's yeah, like you uh, put your seatbelt on for that thing. <laughs> yeah, it's <laughs> it, it's gonna go fast, and you might just want to stream it. You mean you may not feel like you're gonna get the whole seventy bucks out of it. You might you might just want to stream it somewhere. <laughs> you got stream on shit, right? Right, I exactly. I, but I, they're they're putting the best against the best, and and I am a huge boxing guy. I'm a boxing guy more than I am anything else. I'm a big baseball lover, football, but I love boxing. They need to step up and, and start putting the best against the best again. You know, that's yeah. One that's one of the problems uh, with boxing. It's like you're sitting there and look. It's 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 the argument about Mayweather, right? Did Mayweather? 
fight the best of the best? Yeah, but did he fight them a little bit past their prime or before they got into their prime? You know, with the argument with Canelo, since Canelo was only Canelo was only twenty four, and yeah, he had a whole bunch of fights underneath the belt, but. But Absolutely. he was only 24. Now I'd be interested to see him fight Canelo now. If he beats Canelo now, I'm not going to complain anymore about him. Like, um, that's the whole argument with, with the Mayweather thing. But you're absolutely right. They need to bring – they need to have these best-of-the-best best fights, you know, um, as much as possible because that's what really brings in the revenue. There's um, so much talent in the world of boxing right now, and it pisses me off. Network divides, belts, all this type of shit. And I love the sport of boxing, you know, make no mistake. I mean, look at my shirt I'm wearing right now. You know yeah, I see the Everlast. <laughs> you know what I mean? So I've expected to start typing with just the gloves itself. <laughs> it's so funny when, when Mayweather picked on Canelo, you know, I, I said to everyone, I'm like, he's doing it at the perfect time because he's not groomed yet. So right. he can whoop his ass. And I, I, I'm, a, I'm a Floyd fan. But he know he's a businessman, so he knows when to pick and choose, you know, uh, getting people at the right time. And right now, I don't know if it's the right time for him to face Canelo. I agree with you because you got to understand, Floyd's like plus over 40 now. Uh, Canelo yeah. looks fucking phenomenal, period. He is. I mean, I, th I think really the, the case for Canelo – just to kind of show how how much better of a boxer he was from when he when he faced off against Mayweather versus now is how is how he handled Amir Khan. He just the minute Khan took that fight, I was like I was like Khan, baby, what you doing? You don't take that fight, like like please, like don't because I knew what was coming. I knew what was coming. I was like I was like it's gonna be like mid round. Canelo's going to weigh on him a little bit, but then he's going to go back into that mid-range he has, and he's just, oh, and he decked him because Khan doesn't have the def it doesn't have that defense. He doesn't know how to, he doesn't know how to keep his gloves up above his nose. Uh, it's it, it was so bad. Oh, dude, I, I saw that coming a mile away. I'm like, he might murder Amir Khan that night. You know? <laughs> Pretty much. I don't think Khan's fought since. I'm sure Khan has fought since. I, I haven't really he, seen him in anything. He has, and he's he's all right. All right, you know. But that fight with Canelo, I mean, I mean, Canelo been looking so strong lately, and uh -huh. uh, you know, he's got an assignment coming up in a couple weeks against Billy Joe Saunders, and that's a another easy fight for Canelo. I you know, I want to see Canelo. And I'm glad you brought Canelo up, is that I want to see him fight the best. Like, there's guys out there that he can face. I'm not saying he's ducking, but, you know, he's also being a businessman. And that that's what the sport of boxing is. It is. You know? No, you, you're bringing up a good point. And it's funny, you mentioned Billy Joe Saunders. If he would have faced off against Billy Joe Saunders, like, two years ago, it would have been very similar to, like, Leonard versus Tommy Hearns. Like, like Canelo probably would have been running a little bit because Billy Joel – it ha has this ha has a really 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 good punching power. I remember they were talking like he was going to be the spoiler with Triple G and uh, and Canelo, and and luckily Triple G kind of handled him. But um, yeah. it was it, it, he he's gotten so much better now. Two years later, um, it'd be I don't know. It'd be it'd be it'd be pretty difficult to kind of make that fight. You know, and make it make it impressive. You know, I, I think the best fight for Canelo is David Benavidez. He's it's a good awesome, one. He's an awesome fighter. Really, you know, really very, good very fighter. Strong uh, Charlo. You know, I, I think that would be a good look. I mean, the thing I got to give props to Canelo for is the fact that he's went through multiple weight classes. Yeah. And what we were talking about Mayweather about like you know, you know picking the fighter at the right time. Like when he went up to fight at one seventy five against Kovalev. People are like, 
I mean, that's, that's heavy, man. He's, he was fighting at 147, you know, Canelo was at welterweight. And I was saying, guys, you don't understand. He's picking a guy at the right time. Kovalev has issues outside of the ring with booze and all this type of shit. And I, yeah. get, I get some inside scoops and things. I'm like, he's going to fuck him up. Now, Kovalev did a, a, a great, you know, he was very responsible in that fight of himself. He was doing a great job. But Canelo has gotten so much smarter, like you mentioned, mm-hmm. where he can wait and marinate and find the right time and understand that a guy like Kovalev is going to burn out with his stamina. And what happened in that fight? He yeah. got Kovalev late, and he hurt him really, really bad. Yeah. Uh, Canelo is definitely one of the best, I think, out there. Uh, pound for pound, Terrence Crawford. and uh, Yeah, TC, TC is definitely – TC belongs in the conversation for sure. And it's one of those things that's like – I kind of want to poke the bear that is Andre Ward and be like, you sure you don't want to come out of retirement? And just, I just kind of <laughs> mess up the game a little bit. Bro, you know, <laughs> I saw him. I, I, I was ringside. I covered a fight the time I was working for uh, ring talk radio, you okay. know, and I got to shout out Pedro Fernandez and Sirius XM and, and all those guys. Great guys. Ring talk radio worldwide. Great show. Listen to it. It's been on for 40 years. This guy's going on like 40 years of radio. There you go. So I was covering a, a fight in Atlantic city. And I had a photographer doing, you know, capturing all the, the the moments in the ring. And I was going back to the photography when I pressed my article. I was a journalist at the time. And if you look at Andre Ward, everything is picture perfect, bro. I know. His shoulders, it's... everything. Like, he, he did he, – he was so mm-hmm. on his game with defense. It was it was probably one of the most remarkable things I've ever seen ringside. And I was actually at Gotti Ward 1. Oh, nice. <laughs> That's wow. Gotti Ward won. It's funny because I one of the things I, I wanted to bring up was like, what's like your favorite fight of the last 20 years? And I think Gotti Ward is exactly at 21 years now. I mean, that round nine, that round oh nine God. may have been that one Daniel of the best Stewart? I'd ever seen. Remember Emmanuel Stewart? Oh my God, look at this. You can only dream of Like the whole HBO crew was losing their mind. And then people ask me about this all the time. They were like, you're at Gotti Ward 1. I was like, yes. And they were like, what's that like? I'm like, to tell you the truth, I had – it was amazing. I had to digest it. I couldn't comprehend what I was seeing. So I go home, and I had to rewatch it. And my father luckily gave, you know, recorded it. I picked up the VHS cassette. Oh, awesome. This is going back many years. And so I popped it in. I'm like – what the fuck was that? Like, and then I'm watching it and I see everyone losing their mind because it was almost so hard to comprehend. And whenever I do an interview on someone else's show and they ask me what it was like to be there, I'm like, to be honest, it was amazing. It was fucking phenomenal. Right. I didn't really be able to digest like the severity and and the, the look of it. Cause on television, you see more. I knew it was a brutal fight. I knew it was crazy. Right. You know, but to see, like, the referees say, like, in, you know, the 10th round, the fight ain't over. Fight ain't over. We're keeping going. You know? And see how see how. brutal. Like, I just watched Ali and Frazier won that That's ESPN. a really, really, really good fight. Holy shit. That was a lot closer than people thought it was. Like, I know a lot of people were like, it's Frazier. I was like, eh. in today's score, you probably give some of those to Ali. <laughs> I tell you what, that's brother, a whole other argument. I tell you what, man, you know, it, it was, it was, you know, Ali showed so much intestinal fortitude. It was remarkable. Yeah, he took a beating in round 11, like 
unreal. Yeah, because just, he had because because of the left hook of Fraser, the the oh, impossible dude. left hook, the bear just smashing through with his paw. Just <laughs> relentless, bro, relentless. And I tell you what, I met Joe Fraser uh, back in the day in uh, Philadelphia, and you know he was such a nice guy. And you know, I asked him, I'm like, would you mind taking a photo of me? And he was like, really awesome about it. He's like, no, no problem at all. It was a charity event, and uh, I, I was at that was. Privilege to be there, but Art Hopkins there, Teddy Atlas, a lot of great guys. Uh, B Hop, that's my guy right there. B-hop, I'm a B Hop fan. <laughs> what a great guy, too. So Joe Frazier comes up to me, and I swear to you, hits me with a body shot before we take the picture, like, <laughs> like playfully. And he's like, bang. And I'm like, <sighs> I'm like, and it was a playful punch. You imagine what that would be like to really get hit by him? It's in calcium deposits on the knuckles. That's that's what got you there, you know. <laughs> nice, man. He, he's absolutely incredible. Let's move on to uh, – let's talk about cooking. I have a hibachi grill I just got, and I'm obsessed, and my family is so over it. You know, my yeah. stepdaughter, my wife, they're just – they're tired of my hibachi cooking, <laughs> and I'm working on my craft. What about you? What do you cook, man? What do you like to cook? Um, I'm kind of I'm kind of all over the place, you know. I, I used to uh, – uh, I used to be really big into uh, Korean food, so I'd make like bibimbap and some Korean spare ribs. Um, that's why I had a whole bunch of Asian friends, and then they all graduated college and went on to bigger and better things. I'm assuming, um, hopefully. Uh, I, I uh, I'm from overseas. Um, I was born and raised overseas, and uh, I am an American. I, I was born on an Air Force base out there, um, so a lot of uh, Italian food. Uh, a lot of Spanish food um, that that tend to uh, uh, that tend to make um, even nowadays. Even when I Amer- when I Americanize anything, I really try to. Now I'm kind of taking like the step back and really trying to like make make a lot healthier stuff because I've ballooned up in weight ever since. But um, but yeah, I mean, it, it just it, it really depends. Like, what's your fa- what's your favorite dish to make? How about that? My favorite dish to make. Um... I'm going to say at this point in time, hibachi. I'm a big seafood guy. Okay. So I make a lot of shrimp. You know, uh, I'm, I'm learning the I'm – pr- I'm a practitioner of fried rice. I, I, there you I go. We have a hibachi place, Oha, out here. Okay, yeah, I know it. Oh, dude, it's so fucking good in yeah, Vegas. it's very good. Like, oh, dude, I'm addicted. I want to go <laughs> all the time. Whenever the family like says, like, let's go out and have a sit-down for dinner, I'm like, Oja. You know, I like the oyster bar. It's really good too. I'm I'm a big Mm -hmm. seafood guy, man. Like that's good. It's it's good for you, but I mean, at the same time, I'm not gonna sit here and be like, I'm all about health, bro. Like I do fried (laughs) food. Like I eat way too much fried food. Like I love. You could fry anything, and I'll fucking eat it. I know. Uh, (laughs) I just picked up a brand new air fryer, so I've been on this like kick of like saying, okay, what is the healthiest thing I can make that's fried. So I'll go and I'll, I'll take like an egg white. I'll take like an egg white and like some flour and then I'll put some like panko crumbs and throw in a whole bunch of hot sauce on top of it and then put like a, I don't know, like a Colby Jack cheese with a toothpick on it. I'll throw that in the air fryer for, for, for like 15 minutes. And then I'm just like, all right, this is, this is healthy, right? All right. This is healthy. <laughs> like fried zucchini, some fried carrots. It's all good. Oh yeah, absolutely. You know what? With zucchini, I grill it. I absolutely grill it. I'll get, I'll get the aluminum foil out. You know, I'll make sure I'll make sure I like heat up my my grill up to close to like 450 to 500 
Oh, you know, hell yeah. And I'll, and I'll nuke them. I'll, I'll nuke them, no problem. It's all about getting that grill hot. That's you it. Know, getting that nice, like, you know, you want the outside to be all nice and black. Oh, and yeah. Inside, get cooked thoroughly. Oh, yeah, you know, absolutely. It, it, it's, a, it's a work in progress, man. It's a learning process. So I want to move on to uh, TV shows. I'm a big okay. Cobra Kai guy. Yeah, same here. It was Sopranos. a big fan. What, what, what are some of your favorite shows? Oh man! Um, obviously, WandaVision just finished, and I I I, uh, I have some reservations about that. So if you if you're on my Facebook group during that time, you would you would have heard me say like "fuck WandaVision," you know, right after the end of it. And I'm not going to spoil anything for anybody because it just dropped. Like I, today is Monday, so it just dropped this past Friday. If you haven't caught up and watched it now, you will have opinions about it. And then, like, everybody afterwards, like, it's like, what do you care so much? It's like, because I just invested nine weeks of my life, like, watching this crap. Like, that's why I'm invested. Like, if this was all, like, one day sitting, okay, cool. Yeah, whatever. Um, I watch a lot of medical shows. Um, I'm going through my second run of House MD because it's stupid. But at least the medicine kind of makes sense, if not incredibly rare. I, I was a big MASH fan, big Cheers fan. Uh, if we're talking, if we're talking older shows, uh, Breaking Bad is definitely up there for some of the best. Um, I'll even do anime, although I'm not, I'm not like some of my friends where they just go like crazy and only talk about anime. So it'll be like Dragon Ball Z for me, you know, and that's like all I'll think about for for for. Have weeks you watched the new Transformers on Netflix? No, I watched the new Voltron. <laughs> I watched okay, the new Voltron. I that. Yeah, that, that that sounds interesting. I'm gonna check that out. But- <clears throat> The, the new Transformers on Netflix is mm-hmm. fucking so amazing because it's old school Transformers, 80s Transformers with modern, like, you know, I guess CGI or animation. Yeah, updated animation. Oh, dude, it, 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 it's brutal. Like, they murder people constantly. Nice. Like, I was watching this thing, and, and the third episode in, like, a big character gets whacked. <laughs> it reminded oh. me like Boardwalk Empire with robots. There you go. That yeah, that dude. was a good show. That was a good show. Excellent right show. I'm watching this fucking thing, and I'm like, because I'm I'm fucking a nerd, so I stayed up all night long, you know. And Netflix Netflix released the first season, right? And I'm like, okay, all in one shot. So I'm like, I'm gonna fucking do it, you know. Just the same thing I did with Cobra Kai, you know. Right. I, I'm like, I'm gonna watch one episode, honey. I'm gonna come to bed. She's like, No, you're not. So I stayed up the whole night and I watched this Transformers thing. I'm like, this is fucking epic. And the storytelling is good and it plays homage to um, what we liked as, you know, growing up in the 80s, like the Transformers 80s movie and that soundtrack. Vince DiColli, (laughs) who also did Rocky IV, just amazing shit. And so I'm like sitting there, like watching this thing out. I was my mind was blown, bro. So you got to watch that thing. One show that I fell off of was Ozark. I liked it at first, and I got really fucking fatigued on it. Okay, season one is very good. Season two, I'm right there with you. Like, like yep. there was just like too much going on. And I'm like, you know what? Like, I don't know if I'm gonna. I'm, I don't know if I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna tell you this. Season three is probably the best season that they that they put out. Should I stick um, with it? Should I, should I go back? If you can, don't go back because then you're going to get that fatigue again at, at season two. But in season three, like, like, like it really, really kicks up like the drama that happens with it. Now they're going on to their final season. And I'm like, you know what? That's like the perfect time to like, to like finish with this particular show. Because it's so much like Breaking Bad in so many formats that I'm like, 
all right, like, I don't really need seven seasons of this. Like, four seasons is perfect. Yeah. Speaking of Transformers, how you brought up the 1980s movie, I always felt like the intro to that movie should have just been the new national anthem, where it's like everybody's just kind of like fighting each other and they're saving the Statue of Liberty and like this kick-ass like like rock guitar like is is coming in and then even at the end of it they're like they they have like Duke standing in front of the American flag and I was like this is the new national anthem like like yeah I didn't need the rest of the movie afterwards. I was like I got exactly what I wanted from, <laughs> from the first 20 minutes of that film changed my childhood changed my life. <laughs> I was in a movie theater circa 19, I think it was 85 or 6. Oh, wow. All right? My dad takes me to the movie theater, and I go watch this movie. All my childhood heroes die immediately. Spoiler alert. Oh, yeah. Guys. The movie's been out there a long time now, so I don't care if I spoil it for you. Uh, all the old school Autobots die, and I understand they did it to sell new toys. Get out and the then they did Galvatron. Ugh, but it was, it was so, so good, though. Like, I know. The story was was compelling. Optimus Prime goes in, and in one day, the uh, you know, in one moment, I should say, after a couple days of the Decepticons attacking Autobot City, Optimus Prime wipes out all the Decepticons. Oh, yeah. Like, one moment. In one, like, <laughs> heroic run. It's, like, unbelievable. So you got the touch, you got the power. They used it in Boogie Nights, too, which is amazing. Yes! So, yes, yes I, When I heard that, I was like, so it's like, so Optimus Prime goes out there and it beats the shit out of Megatron and shows mercy and then fucking stupid-ass Hot Rod comes in and tries to, like, rod. deflect the situation and then Optimus Prime gets killed, murdered, but he still fucks up Megatron, who then becomes Galvatron. Galvatron. So good. I know. Like, so fucking, like, epic. And it was so much to take in in 20 minutes. Like, I was like, oh, my God, like, this movie is intense. And I was, like, seven years old. <laughs> yeah. I couldn't Dude. handle it. <laughs> Dude, like, just thinking about, like, that Transformers movie, it was cracking me up with, with Optimus Prime because it always seemed like he died of a broken heart. And I'm like, you're, like, the most powerful thing to ever come out as a robot. And he's like, I'm just going to die now. And I'm like, please don't. Like... Oh, like, so why, why do all my heroes have to die? And, and what is this with the broken heart? Like, Padme in Star Wars. Like, oh. that bothered me. Like, we, you know, did, did Anakin physically kill her with a choke? Or <laughs> did she just die she of lost her heart? Or She lost yeah. her connection to the Force. That's all it is. Is that what it was? Uh, it's it, it was a really dumb explanation. And keep in mind, I'm the big, I'm one of the biggest Star Wars fans you'll meet. Like I was, I was saying there today, just like listening to the soundtrack of it. So I love everything Star Wars. Did, did, did you cry at the end of Mandalorian? The last thing I did, I cried like a little bitch. You know what? It, 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 I'll put it to you this way: I what I didn't blink. <laughs> I was like, I was like, are you okay? And I'm like, I'm like, I don't know if I'm okay. There's a lot to process from this entire from 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 all of Mandalorian, and then thinking of how like how like the sequel trilogy ended and and just you know all the legend and lore and i'm like i'm like is this the end for me like is it did, over now did you foresee because i did i'm gonna say i'm pat myself on the back i told my wife in the early stages of season two of the mandalorian i said luke skywalker's coming back in this motherfucker did you see that coming no i'll be honest i did it Wow. Um, and I'm really glad. I'm really glad I didn't foresee it because I think it would it would have lessened the punch for me a little bit. Okay. Um, but I think because 
because it really felt like they were they were suddenly like done with the character you know and so and so when they when they kind of when they pulled it off the way that it did there was a lot of emotion afterwards like my best friend he is not a star wars fan like i am he like hit me up after he finished it. he was like dude i'm like i know I know. He's like, he's like, that was fucking amazing. He goes, I really hope they make a season three. I said, if they ended it there, I'm perfectly happy with it too. But no, yeah, it's good we're getting the season is, three. Yep. Now we're getting the Boba Fett series. You know, it's gonna Obi Wan Kenobi. Yeah, Kenobi, and then they're even talking about um, coming back. Yeah, they're also talking about uh, there's this uh, a new new series. One of the series that they announced, and they were like, yeah, like. Like, Obi-Wan is in this series a lot. And I'm like, all right, like, okay. I, I Look, more Ewan McGregor, I'm not I'm not going to really complain about that. You know, no, I, you, know, I, you know, I'm a fan of the prequels. I mean, you know, Phantom Menace has its issues, and Attack of the Clones has great moments. Attack um, of the Clones is my least favorite of all of them. No, I feel you on that. But <laughs> there, there are moments that are good, and if you ever, like, watch, like, the alternate cut scenes, they were so much better than the ones that were actually in the film when you get to see the establishment of Anakin and Padme. Like you saw when they went to dinner at the family, it makes it more like realistic. Right. Where I think George Lucas was trying to go like to Romeo and Juliet with this shit. Yeah. And Did he I, not know how Romeo and Juliet ended? Six people it, died in a two-day romance. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and, and Sith, I thought, was very well done. Um, like Sith a lot. Yeah, I skipped school to watch it at 10 a.m. <laughs> and, and the thing is, with the, the scene with Emperor and, and Anakin, <laughs> excellent shit at the opera, whatever they're looking at. Right. Um, the whole transition, I, I thought they did a very dark film. I was surprised how dark they went there. Yeah, no, they really did. Uh, and even the sequel trilogy, like, there was, again, really, really good moments. I thought execution-wise, they did really well. Like, it looked really great. I didn't really have any complaints about, like, the visual style that they decided there. Um, Story-wise, didn't make sense. Like, there, there's a lot that you could say, that's a plot hole, that's a plot hole, that's a plot hole. And yeah. that's what really ruined it for a lot of people. Um, I really feel like, I feel like my biggest issue, honestly, with the sequel trilogy is that I wish it would have just been either J.J. Abrams decides to just do all three movies. All three, yeah. You know, and then and then I could have judged it. It probably would have been a little bit better because it would have had a cohesive thinking. Um, it's the same way I feel about Ryan Johnson. I didn't hate The Last Jedi. I may be, like, the only person I know that does not truly I hate the that film. movie. I, I, I did, too. I yep. just also think that it didn't exactly fit in how that trilogy was going. I do hope he gets his trilogy. I really do. It wasn't planned out. Like, you know, the thing was, and I, I agree with you, J.J. Abrams should have done the whole trilogy. Yeah. I, 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 there's a lot of great moments in that film. And I actually, oh, yeah. you know, um, I, I know all those films, actually. But, you know, the thing is with The Last Jedi, like Leia flying in outer space, that was kind of awkward. That was kind of weird. And, like, the whole thing with the casino. I like the BB-8 moments because they're funny and it's cute sure. and shit like that. But it's like, where is this going? And, like, the thing is, like, now I'm doing some screenwriting, so I'm watching films. And I rewatched all the Star Wars films recently. And so I'm trying to pick up, like, little anecdotes and little things. And, you know, so I'm like, why did Rose cut Thin off at the end of The Last Jedi? That makes fucking zero sense right she's a crazy stalker you know she has a massive crush on this guy 
because he's going to save everybody. And I thought that right. was a great sacrifice to stall time. Like Luke comes in, stall time. So that's right. the whole thematic theme about, you know, stalling time. And then she comes in and fucking hits his thing that he's trying to fly into, into the, you know, the whole missile thing or whatever. Right. The, the laser that they have that, that's going to put on the, the surviving rebels. Yeah, basically the ram, right? And, and, and she's going to take the two of them out to let them get fucking hit. I'm like, Rose, you make no sense. <laughs> I think, and, and again, that's that's why you don't see so much of her in, in that last movie. It's the almost, next one. And I, I like know. that one, by the way. That, that's a good one. <clears throat> again, if they were all separate solo movies, I don't really have a complaint. But because they're supposed to be telling a... a uh, they're supposed the to be story. Right, exactly. That's what really hurt itself. I know a lot of people also had a problem because it didn't follow, like, the expanded universe that, like... I, and I agree with this. It was like, okay, since 1982, they've been making an entire universe of, like, material that you could just pluck from, you know, and you could tell that storyline real quick, you know, and give credit to the writer. And then Disney was like, nah, we're going to do our own thing. And it's like, <laughs> all right, okay, that's fine. Like, do your own thing. Got you got you got you gotta do what you gotta do, right? You got you know, it's your money. You decide, you decide how you make your own money, I guess. I don't know. It, 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 there, there's a lot of complications there. I think that Adam Driver um and Daisy did a great job and they really sold it. I thought, you know, the rise of Skywalker was very entertaining, and I love the ending. I, I thought it was so perfect. You know, right. Kylo gets redeemed. Um the things that Star Wars has been doing recently, especially with The Mandalorian, uh, let's talk about that Luke Skywalker scene, going back to that. With Baby Yoda, when he recognizes, like, <laughs> him, you know, somehow as a Jedi. And, right. you know, he goes to the monitor and he's, like, touching the monitor. And when Luke showed up, dude, it was, like, 4 o'clock in the morning. I was fucking wasted. <laughs> and so I'm like, holy shit, I'm right. Because I saw the X-Wing come in. Right. I was like, whoa. I'm like, he's going to really show up here. I saw a green lightsaber. I'm like, that's him. That's Luke Skywalker. <laughs> and then I, I start bawling. And then he does like a, a Rogue One type-esque scene. Yes. Like the Darth Vader did, which Rogue yes. One was a fucking phenomenal. I love Rogue that. One, Rogue One is the best Star Wars film to come out since the original trilogy. Yep. Hands I down agree. in my eyes. It's so, so good. good. <laughs> that, that Vader scene at the end was exactly why I had so much fear of Vader. He, like, shows up in the corridor. He's got, like, the lightsaber. And you just know, you know, like, in his mind, he's like, I'm going to fuck all y'all up. This dude's, like, trying to get the key card out to, like, you know, out to, like, his boy. He's like, Jimmy, go! You, you got to, oh, ah! Oh. <laughs> I, I, I was sitting with my wife. My stepdaughter was in between us. And then I'm here. When Vader showed up for that scene and started doing his shit, I shook her. And she'll tell you this. I was like, oh, my God! Because <laughs> I couldn't control myself. Right. And then I went home, and, and, and you know, I, we saw it on opening night, but you know how YouTube is nowadays. Right. So I'm like, I looked up the scene immediately. I'm like, Darth Vader fucking Frankenstein murder horror film. <laughs> you know? And I watched it, like, 20 times. Right. And then I had to watch, like, afterwards, I went to New Hope, and I'm like, this is so perfect, like, the way it segues. You it know? does. The transition is fucking phenomenal. I'm a big fan. So, I know a lot of people, see, 
this is where this is why I don't like go to like review sites to kind of have them decide uh, to ha- to have them like really talk about it because I tend to I tend to disagree a lot with them. Um, the there was an article that came out. I can't tell you the the publishing company, but they they were talking about the ten best da gene moments. Oh, you know what? I know who it is. It's Screen Rant because they do this. They're like the yeah. ten best de-aging moments in movies, and then like the ten worst. And like one of them was like they talked about Leia. And I was like, okay, I I understand that, right? Uh, and they were talking about Leia and Rogue One, and I was like, no, you're you're right. That that's probably up there. I feel like I feel like <laughs> I feel like they were squeezing out the last bit of their budget to get that scene in, but especially because Carrie had just died, yeah, very recently compared to that. Um, but Grand Moff Tarkin, I did not have a problem whatsoever. I was like, I was like, holy shit! Like, like, is that the guy? Is he still alive? He still looks like that. And then weird. I'm like, no. I'm like, no way. I'm like, no way. I'm like, weird. I'm like, the original one came out in '78. <laughs> it was weird in a good way. Like, right. I asked because I got my family, my wife and my stepdaughter into Star Wars, so they didn't really know that that guy had passed. Like, they saw other films. And I'm right. like, did you understand and realize where there was a CGI guy, like a completely animated character that had been dead that they brought back? Right. And they, you know, obviously the Carrie Fisher, I'm like, okay, no, 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 not that one. But someone that actually had a very instrumental role in the film. And they're like, no, no, no. And then I was like, it was that guy, the general, you know, and they were like, wait, what? And I had to show them pictures. They're like, that that's CGI. I'm like, yeah, bro. They I killed thought that it. was amazing. And what they did with Luke in Mandalorian. Oh no, dead. Luke was perfect. I thought he was great. And no, people he... bitch and moan. And I'm like, I'm like, dude, come on, bro. They do it with Coming to America, the newest one. I'm like, bro, we got Eddie Murphy in Arsenio Hall, Wesley Snipes, right. all these great actors we grew up with, trying to make a good, positive, fun movie, and people are bitching at it. I I happen to find it very entertaining. Yeah. Uh, it's not going to be coming to America. One, that's one of the greatest comedies of all time. And no, you expect that movie, the sequel to that film, to surpass the original, you're, you're delusional. It's not going to exactly. happen. It's you like, know? no, you bring up a good point. And, and to, to speak on, on fans uh, when it comes to that, look, I, I go to watch movies to be entertained. Uh, I do I review movies absolutely. Uh, you know I can be I can be critical of some things when it comes uh, when it comes to I know that sounds a little hypocritical of me because I have uh, opinions about WandaVision, um, but when I look at when I look at a movie and especially like I look at Coming to America the second one as probably just as good as Dumb and Dumber two. I didn't have a problem so much with Dumb and Dumber two. I just also realized that that you know this is more of a fan service film. So people want to ask, well, then why are they doing this? Well, because sometimes you just need to be reminded of the good old days. I have a nostalgia podcast. Do you know like what's one of the greatest things that people get uh, get from from my show? They'll sit there and be like, "Wow, that movie is twenty years old." And I'm like, "Yeah, Blade is twenty years old. The Matrix is twenty years old." You know, and you're like, oh man, I, you know, just remember. And then you remember the emotion, how you were talking about with the Transformers movie. You know, that's why these actors are making it. Is it a cash grab? Eh, sure. But at the same time, like, like, 
like, are you are you telling me that you're not at least somewhat interested to know what happened to some of these characters? Is it going to be goofy? Yeah, absolutely. That's but that's what I want. I don't want. I know when I want to watch when I want to watch an Oscar winner, and I know when I want to watch something that's just dumb. Hey, you know, and I'll take it all day long. All of life is a cash grab. You know right. what I'm saying? Like, I mean, good for them. The fact that they could hold up, like, you know, fighters <clears> from yesteryear. We saw Mike Tyson fight Roy Jones recently. Yeah. So, hey, man, it is what it is. Like, I, I respect the the art, and uh, you know, I don't have to like everything, but. What Eddie Murphy and Arsenio did, and, and uh, James Earl Jones reprising his oh, role yeah. as the king. Yeah. Come on, bro. Like, that's fucking awesome. I want to talk to you about music. What kind of music do you like, bro? I'm into everything. I mean, uh, you know, what I'm, what I'm constantly throwing on, you know, I'll throw on a lot of hard rock, you know, to kind of start out my day. But then if I'm like, if I get in, if I get in one of my moods, <laughs> um, you know, I'll throw on, I'll, I'll throw on hip hop from YG up to, you know, I, some old Kanye, not the bit, not the biggest fan of the new ones. Um, you know, I'll, I'll throw on it, it really, it's really kind of, there's not an artist I don't like. I'll put it to you that way. Like, it's really, really hard. I can find, I can find something from everybody. It could be Cardi B. It could be Nicki Minaj. doesn't matter. Megan Thee Stallion, you know, I, I think ha has some bangers for sure. Um, you know what? Not the biggest fan of country. I'll say that right now. Although there are country music I'll listen to, like Chris Stapleton. I'm a big fan of Chris Stapleton. I think his music is just it, it hits a mood that that you know you like. With me, with music, it has to it has to drive an emotion out of you. It has to it has to really connect with you in in a in in whatever whatever head head space you're in at that time. So. I'll go into a whole industrial, uh, whole industrial, you know, thing, and I'll listen to German bands like Wolfsheim, you know, or VNV Nation, you know, and I'll sit there and they're and they're like, oh yeah, no, I'm I'm not, it's not really, it's not really hip hop and it's not really rhyming, but you can't really deny like the words that's kind of happening there. It's like, yeah, no, it's cool. It's um, emotion. That's that's music, bro. That's I mean, it. like Volbeat is a band I like a lot. There you go. Just released a new record. Their record is phenomenal. Uh, did they really? Album. Did Volby, Did you say Volby released a new record? Uh, Chevelle. Oh, Chevelle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they put one out. Uh, it came out, what's today? Monday. came out Friday. Nice. And I listened to this thing like five times already. Wow. This album is fucking phenomenal. Like, you know, I saw them, I saw them uh, over at the, uh, at yeah. the uh, Fremont Concert Series. Because they, because oh, they no did one of the free... I was there. Yeah, no, they did totally did that whole free show because it was like them trapped. I think. I don't say oh wow, trapped. One of them. Really saliva. Yeah, <laughs> saliva. Holy shit! Oh yeah, absolutely, man. That's, that's funny, dude. <laughs> but no, it was, yeah, it was a good show. They're, they're great. Like as far as my music goes, like I love jazz, to hip hop, to funk, to punk, whatever. My thing about country is my wife; she loves country music. And when I moved out here from New Jersey, I was not a country guy. I listened to everything reggae. I, I'm open-minded, but country, I was kind of like never like into. And then I realized that country lyrics are all about getting laid, getting paid, you know, <laughs> and getting fucked up. And right. so I'm like, all right, this is kind of cool. Like, I'm here for <laughs> <laughs> this is kind of cool. Like, like I'm all about this lifestyle. <laughs> I'm like, I don't know. I like the song, but I'm like, I, this is my. You're talking about my life. I want to get laid. I right, get right, paid, right. You know, 
and all that kind of good stuff. So let's talk about what you're going to do moving forward with your uh, network. I mean, at, at this point, it sounds like you have a network you're running here. Yeah, it, I mean, it pretty much is. Um, so March 21st, we're, we're going to bring, bring back FOH. Uh, that's going to be uh, uh, Facebook Live. Um, have a whole bunch of unpopular opinions, you know, from, from different guests that we're going to bring on and, and whatnot. Um, when I come back, and we haven't really talked about this in the group, but uh, we're actually going to be doing another theme month. And the reason why is if you think about movies from 20 years ago, currently right now we'd be hitting 2001. Well, here's the problem with 2001. Most of their movies sucked. Like, it was hot garbage for, for a lot of them. Like, they're doing Memento, and they have to find, like, other replacements. But I, I, I'm, like, sitting there, and they're like, they're like, okay, what movies came out in April? I'm like, Spy Kids? Joe Dirt? <laughs> I'm like, I'm like. Did you like Memento? Memento, I thought it was very good. <clears throat> yeah, we just dropped that episode, actually. Uh, Memento. 20, look, look what I have in my notes here. It says Memento. I, I have it circled, you, you know. And I want go. to talk to you about that movie. That movie's <laughs> fucking amazing. It is. Um, I don't so feel quick. drunk, he says. <laughs> <laughs> so real quick, uh, uh, yeah, so we got FOH coming back. When I come back, we're going to be doing uh, 80s April, where we're going to be covering five 80s movies, um, all of different all of different uh, uh, types. Um, so we're so definitely ch check that out. Uh, later in the year, we're we're now now that conventions are kind of coming back, we're trying to we're we're trying to get uh, involved with some of these conventions to see if we can go ahead and, and uh, cover at least press media for them. You know, getting in there. I mean, we got we got a lot going on. We'll 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 definitely bring in some new artists. I'd like to have you on as a guest uh, uh, for an episode. Brother. I appreciate um, that. Yeah, absolutely. Can we um, cover Bachelor Party from the eighties? I think that's Tom Hanks's best movie. It's it's up there for sure. Um, yeah, I don't see why not. I'll what I'll do is I'll send you my I'll send you the schedule, you know, yeah. and uh, we'll just pick out a month and I'll just be like, all right, cool. You know, me and you. You know what? May is actually going to work really well. So just let me know what your schedule is like in May. Yeah, I'll make man, sure to get you, you know, in. Definitely. And, and let me talk about Bachelor Party real quick. Go ahead. The character of Rick, Tom Hanks, old school Tom Hanks, mm -hmm. the comedian. The funny Tom Hanks. I, I like his work. He's a tremendous actor. You know, Wilson, all that type of shit. Right. <laughs> but, you know, go back to the 80s. Watch Bachelor Party. It's one of the funniest fucking movies you could ever see. It's like the early version of The Hangover. And of Animal House. It took a lot Animal from Animal House. House. I remember that. And, and Eliza Roberts, Eric Roberts' wife, it's funny you mentioned that, is in that film. That's the first yeah. movie that she did. As is uh, um, uh, Tawny, Tawny, Tawny Katane. That That's right. Saying? Yes, yes, yeah. exactly. The, dude, the best part of Animal House is when randomly John Belushi, and I'm, I'm going to talk to Eliza about this because they're coming back on the show soon. Is to work with you know John is uh, have to be amazing, right? So I want right. to hear about that a little bit. But there's a scene where he takes the mustard and he pours it on his chest for like no reason. Yep. Why does he do that? He's <laughs> because John Belushi. John Belushi. Fucking <laughs> dude, the, the Blues Brothers at the end of that the film. The, oh oh man. My, with the car chase. I know. It's insane. You know what? I wanted to hit. Uh, I wanted to hit on. Uh, say this to you. You mentioned that today is the anniversary of the first time you ever saw 
Rush. Yes, How big sir. of a fan of Rush are you? Dude, I'm a huge fan of Rush. Are you kidding me? <laughs> All right, you're gonna get me started here. So you can Yeah, no, I, I really want to hear this. I love Rush. Hopefully, <laughs> hopefully you have some time here because it's gonna go a minute. This one I won't that, keep that's fine. This will be a long story, a long story. I came home from uh Saturday school. I got caught smoking cigarettes in the bathroom in high school, <laughs> right? Uh so I yeah, when it was such a bad school. thing back in the day. Exactly. <laughs> and I went home and I was tired. I mean, I love Iron Maiden and my Motley Crue, but I was tired of that. So right. my sister was dating someone at the time that was a huge Rush fan. And so I go. went through her CD catalog and I found an album called The Show of Hands, right? Which is a live record from 89. I, I think it was recorded in 88, but it was released in 89. Right. And so I put that bad boy in and I listened to it and I was blown away. I was like, I could not comprehend what I was experiencing. So once I got into that album, the next thing I know, I was going to the mall. I was buying all these Rush records. Mm -hmm. And at the time, it was probably, I don't know, what the fuck year was it, man? It was like probably like 1992 or something. Right. So I was buying all these Rush records and out of sequence. So I had like a Farewell to Kings and then I'd get like Hemispheres and Signals. And Rush like went through all these different decades and periods yeah. where it was like, wow, you know, like everything sounded different, but it sounded similar and it sounded like them and it was really good. Like I didn't have a problem with any record. And I fell in love with them and I started following them. Um, uh, you know, whenever they toured, I became a drummer because of them. Because you know, of Neil Peart? Yeah, because of Neil yeah. Peart. Like I heard him fucking blast off when i got moving pictures and this is a really cool story um i got moving pictures i think it was like the fourth or fifth rush album i bought mm. and i was decorating the christmas tree with my mother i'm like do you mind if i put this on in the background i'm decorating christmas tree to rush moving pictures <laughs> like, oh, go ahead that shit's awesome so i put it on and tom sawyer right red barchetta yyz you know, those are my first three that I get right off the bat. Right. And I'm like, holy shit. Then we got Limelight, Camera mm -hmm. Eye, right? Then fucking Witch Hunt. I'm like, what is going on here? And then Vital Signs. <laughs> By the time I get to the end of that album, I'm like, I, I got to play the drums. <laughs> Someone needs to buy me a drum set. So, like, <laughs> that's just how it worked. And... It just it changed my life, bro. Rush is uh, uh, March eighth. Uh, I saw them Madison Square Garden, and it, it was it was unbelievable. I got to see them front row at one point, which was nice. Yeah, no. I'm gonna try to get Alex Lifeson on my show, man. Like, I think that'd be cool. So amazing, great, underrated, so underrated. That'd be that'd be really dope. Yeah, uh, favorite track of theirs for me is uh, Spirit of the Radio. Uh, for sure, just the just the switches. There's so many switches uh, uh, in that track in that track alone. But um, they were such a huge influence to, uh, for myself. One of my favorite bands, Coheed and Cambria, um, and they're essentially the they're essentially the 2000s <clears throat> emo prog rock version of Rush. Um, except their whole thing is that they do is that they they're all based on they. The main singer, the main singer and the wife actually write a comic book. And so all of their music, except for one album, is based on that comic book series. 
And so it just, in, in, in a way, it kind of backed, it backtracked for me back to Rush. And uh, when I saw that on your Facebook today, I was like, oh, man, I'm, I'm going to hit him up on this because I, well, I they want this emotion. They actually did an answer with one of their songs to 2112. And that's yep, part 2113. Yep, yep, 2113. And, and also <laughs> shout out to Steve Cunningham, the, uh, former uh, Cruiserweight champ of the world, but champion of life. He's got his own comic book line out there. If you like comics, uh, USS Cunningham Comics, uh, check it out. He illustrates and writes the whole thing, dude. Nice. Oh, yeah, That's absolutely. Crazy. So I want to, you know, throw this out there. How do we find you? How does our listeners find you and <clears throat> your content, bro? So uh, is, so we're on the big five with Pandora, uh, Amazon Music, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and Apple Podcasts. You can find us there. Uh, the YouTube channel, if you search up Beat Network, B-E-A-T, and you put an exclamation uh, mark, Network, you can find all of our shows for you, for you to subscribe to your liking. Uh, for me, uh, you can also follow our Instagram page, BTTC Podcast. You can also follow, you can search the Back to the Classics Movie Talk group. Um, just let me know. I'll invite you into the group. We got... We, we've we've almost doubled the amount of people that we've had um, just in this last four months or so. Um, so it's really, really, really been uh, up and popping. Um, yeah, you know we're, we're we're constantly making stuff. We I'll put it this way: we have an episode out of some form of content every single day. So it's daily for us now. We it used to be weekly, but you can find all of our content on there for sure. That's great, man. And, you know, for me, I'm doing the same thing, you know, putting the content out there and variety and, uh, you know, with mixed martial arts, boxing, movies, music, like, and that's what we cover here. I mean, look, look at the conversation we had. We went from right. everywhere of the spectrum. Yeah, and really that's, what, that's what life really is. And right now is the time I tell everyone, connect, uh, have great conversations, have a sit down you know, uh, stop and smell the roses and, and enjoy great things that it can enlighten conversation. And yes, I'm a Buddhist and a hippie. So, I mean, don't let them, <laughs> fool you. I, only let I, the, I can tell that. Yeah, to totally dude. Dude, like, dude, it, it's sick. It really is. <laughs> I, I let the kid do this. My stepdaughter was bored and, and we got to keep the kids entertained nowadays. She's like, I want to give you yeah. a fuck. I'm like, I don't give a fuck. Go ahead. Right. You know, like, oh, it's awesome. Really so this is. is what I got. But <laughs> at the end of the day, guys, like definitely listen, uh, of course, to, you know, David's whole channel, uh, everything he's got going out on there with the network and uh, stay safe. And as I always say, wash your motherfucking hands. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <baby. laughs>